Good morning. I have the opportunity this morning to share with you my God story, how I came to know the Lord Jesus Christ as my personal savior. I'd like to just take a few moments with a background. I was born on the little key, Green Turtle Key Abaco, which lies about three and a half miles east of the mainland of Abaco. The population of Green Turtle Key has been around 500, between 450 and 500, for as long as I can remember. My parents told me that back in the early 1920s and early 1930s, before the 32 Oregon, the population was then over 1,500. That was during the days when Spongin was at its peak and Sisal. And so a lot of people lived there because of what was happening and they could make a living. My father was a seaman all of his life. And we were a family of 11 children. So dad, especially in the winter months, which was the crawfish season from October then, not August as we have it today, but October through March, he would be away two weeks at a time at home for two days, away again for two weeks because that was how he was able to support the family. My older brother and him bought their own vessel, own boat, back in the late 40s, early 50s, and they began to export the crawfish lobster into Florida for their, as their main source of income. So I was born in that environment. We were fortunate in that my father and older brothers went to Florida. So when they came home, they brought things from Florida that the other local people were not able to get. But we were taught whatever we had as children, we were to share it with others. My mother, when she cooked a meal, and that was every meal beside breakfast, we were sent, my brothers and sisters and I, out into the neighborhood to carry at least a plate of something to those less fortunate than what we were. Sundays was a day of reverence. Nothing happened on Sunday outside of going to church. 
You weren't allowed out of the house unless you were going to church. Now, my mother was brought up in the gospel all, and those of us who know the history of the gospel all, on Sunday mornings, they had the breaking of bread service, what we call the Lord's Supper. So we as children did not go to that service, but that did not exempt us from going to church. There were other churches on the island, and we went to that. There was a church in a building, small building, uh, the Assemblies of God, and we went to Sunday school there at 9.30, and we stayed for the morning service at 11 o'clock. Sunday afternoons at 3 o'clock, there was Sunday school in the Brethren Church. Again, we went to Sunday school and to the evening service. As I said, we weren't allowed out of the house for anything else but that we, on a Sunday, but we had to go to church. So, learning the scripture verses in the Bible, learning the Old Testament stories became natural. At an early age, I knew that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him will be saved. And so I knew at an early age that I needed for myself to accept Jesus Christ as my personal savior. That opportunity came the year I was 13 years old. The Assemblies of God were having what they call then a revival campaign, but I would call it an evangelistic campaign. They had brought a tent to the island and they had situated the tent on the playground, what was the playground, and there they held nightly services. It was during that time that the Holy Spirit convicted me of my sins and I accepted Jesus Christ as my personal savior, along with a few other young people at that time. Now I must say, even on a small island like that, there were men in the church leaders in the church that encouraged young people. And so the local pastor, the local leader of the Assemblies of God Church, and the leading two elders in the Brethren Church made it a possibility for the young people to have services of their own. And they not only just let the young people use the facilities, they came and were a part of the services, the meetings that the young people had. And so the young people, the young men, the young ladies knew 
that they had the backing and the support of the leaders of the church. And if there was something that they did that wasn't right, they were taken aside and politely uh, told otherwise and how to live. So that was my early background. Now, on the island, and this was back in the 50s, so many of us can relate to some of that. When you were 14 years old, you had finished school. There was no facility on the island for you to further your education. All my brothers, beside the one just a couple years older than me, when they turned 14, my father took them on the boat with him. And so they learned to be seamen, to be captains, and to do what was necessary in the crawfishing industry. When I turned 14, I was just say one year, the same thing was about to, to happen. But just before that, after I had finished school, I was given the opportunity to be a teacher's helper, which I did for some months. And then in the summer, I was 14, I came here to Nassau and was able to take my BJCs, Bahamas Junior Certificate. And then I returned back to the Key. My father took me on the boat with him. I was on the boat that summer for two, two and a half weeks without being at home. It was then I determined that being a seaman wasn't my calling in life. People, you don't know the life of a seaman until you have to experience it and live it yourself. There are good parts about it, but the part of being away from home and just being on a boat sea or even anchored in one of the remote keys is not something especially for a young Christian. And so when I returned home, I said to my mother and my father, I'm not going to sea. You have to find something else for me to do. And on the small key, there wasn't anything much to do. I didn't feel led to become a teacher, although I was assisting a teacher, helping to keep the children in line and do different things. And so my parents arranged with my elder sister and her husband who lived here in Nassau to come to Nassau and to find a job. I came to Nassau in January of 1960. And let me tell you how the Lord works. You don't know it at that time, you don't think about it, but as you look back, 
Do you think about it? I came to Nassau on a Monday. My brother-in-law had arranged for an interview with me on a Tuesday, which I had. I got the job on a Tuesday, and the gentleman said to me, Jerry, can you start tomorrow? Well, I said to him, I just came from the island. I need a day or two to get things in order. And so I started work on the Thursday. The Lord provided for me a job because I was here living with my sister and brother-in-law, yet I had to support myself. I wasn't going to be living free off of them. I had to earn a living and I had to pay them rent as if I was on my own because they supplied board, they supplied food, they did all of the laundry, everything that you need to get by. After I arrived, a very good friend of the family knew that I had come to Nassau to work, and so they invited me to come to church with them. They were worshiping at Evangelistic Temple. And so every Sunday morning, Sunday evening, and if there were services during the week, they came in their vehicle, picked me up, and brought me to church, and took me back home. I say this because I'm going to touch on that in a few minutes. Um, and one of the things I can tell you folks, being a young man, a young boy, 15 years old, and going into a church or a place where most of the people you did not know, there were a number of people when I walked in the door that made me feel at home. And I can think of two right now among many, two or three, Brother Alan Aubrey and his dear wife, who's with the Lord, Sister Enos. Brother Alan, you said, never did too much, but he was at the door welcoming people and making them feel that they were part of the church. In 1962, Calvary Bible Church began, and again, my friend, they were leaving Evangelistic Temple and they started with Calvary Bible Church. And so I came to church with my friends. And the first service was held at what is now Bahamas Bus and Truck with their service department. And they brought me to church until I was able, a few years later, to get my own transportation. Those early days of Calvary Bible Church were days of foundation in a young Christian's life. Because the men and the women of the church 
where we are going, they made you feel apart. You were not a stranger. You were accepted. I began doing very small things in the church. I began substitute Sunday school teaching. And then later, I began doing some substitute ushering. Later on, I would do that more on a regular basis, but it started off very slowly. During the early years of Calvary Bible Church, most of the evenings we spent here building the church. Once the foundation was laid and the walls started to go up, the man of the church the men in the community around the church worked five nights a week getting the building to be complete and ready. And so we would work till five o'clock in the evening, go home and change our clothes, and we would be here some evenings till midnight or after getting the work done that needed to be done. During that time, the leaders of the church were not leaders who said, we need to get this done. They were there when you came, and they were some of the last to leave from Pastor Weech on down. Those men were evident in working with the man of the church. So we knew we had the support of the leaders. They always wanted to know how you were doing, how was your Christian walk. And after that, Pastor Weech and Brother Thompson, Brother J.C.L. Thompson, they began holding special classes for those of our young people who they felt had the ability to further themselves in ministry. I was blessed to be able to take a number of their classes and to be guided by Pastor Weech, Brother Thompson, and the other man of the church. They were my family. My family, I had left most of them in Green Turtle Key. I'd come to Nassau, but I had a church family, a church family that I knew supported me. Over the years, I have been blessed to be involved in a number of ministries. One I'd like to highlight one or two. In 1969, it came to the attention of some of the men that we had a, a boys club during the week for teenage boys, which led by Brother Raymond Thompson, and they went out to Bahamas Youth Camp on Gladstone Road, where they had their meetings. But we had no club for boys younger than 13, and there were about six 
uh, eight of the men who met regularly and we discussed, we prayed, we looked at literature that we could start a boys club. And so in 1969, we began a boys club known as Stockaders. I see some of the boys, the young man now, the older man now, who were in that club. Yes, some of those boys, we did not win, but many of those boys are active, not only in Calvary Bible Church today, but in other churches around our family islands. God blessed us. We were given the instructions to sow the seed. The Lord would give the increase. We mentored those boys, and a lot of boys from Gibbs Corner in that area came. We played games with the boys. We did crafts with the boys. But we also, at a time when we had a scripture application for the day, and we shared the gospel with those boys. One of the highlights of all of that and over those years, we used to take the boys camping on the beach once a year. In those days, you were able to do that. You, you can't do that today. We would go up to Yarmouth and camp on Yarmouth Beach for a weekend. We would go over to Paradise Island and go up to the eastern end and camp right next to the beach for the weekend. That way, we got to know the boys one-on-one, -on -one, and that's a group, in a more personal way. That way, we were able to instill the word, and they were able to see us live our lives among them. Over the years, I have been blessed to be in many different ministries of Calvary Bible Church. Not that I have any great ability, but let me regress here for one moment and say in 1970, we had volunteer youth leaders, Edison, and Eunice Pender, and many of you know, and Reggie and Retta Sands. And I think that was the first trip. In 1970, they took a group of teenagers to Word of Life, Scroon Lake, New York. And they needed some older, younger people to act as chaperones with the teens because we were going to spend a couple of evenings in New York City coming and going. And so I had the opportunity to go to Word of Life Spoon Lake with them. Once we got 
to Scroom Lake and to the island. The kids were turned over to their chaperones and we had our own chaperones as college and career age young people. But it was there that I met a young lady who two years later became my wife. So good things come out of being available for the Lord. And let me just say, there are a lot of people who say, I don't have any ability. I cannot do anything in the church. There are people who are better equipped than what I am. That is a lie from the devil. God doesn't want your abilities, although he can use them. God wants your availability. If you are available, and the scripture teaches us, if you are available to be used by the Lord, he will equip you to do the work that needs to be done. And so if I hear people say, I don't have any ability, I said you don't need no ability, you need your availability. The scripture tells us one thing we must be aware of. It is required of a stork that a man be found faithful. And whatever God has called you to, whether it's to pray, whether it's to be in the nursery with the babies, whether it's to usher or to be in the parking lot on security, whatever he has called you to do, there's one main requirement that you need to do. Be faithful. Get in the word, know the word, talk to the Lord, let him lead you and be faithful to what he is calling you to do. Now, I could go on for a much longer time, but my time is, is gone. And I just wanted you to know that I am nothing in myself. Whatever I am able to do, it is because of the goodness and the grace of my Lord. Thank you very much.